Morning, everyone. Please grab a seat. I love that song. I love that song. So nice to be here. Isn't it good that we chose to come inside rather than staying outside? It was a great plan. Plan A was going to be good, but the weather, not quite right. Uh, Thank you for everything this morning. Thank you for those who are here early setting up. Thank you for uh, everyone involved, for the kind words spoken, gracious words. Um, Sitting there watching all this kind of, it feels like I'm at my own funeral a little bit. so. So thank you for the eulogies and personal tributes. I don't know if it's going too far to say that at the end I'll stand here and you can come and place a flower on me. But uh, <laughs> a lot of people have asked me how I feel. The two things they've asked me this morning. First is, uh, how did I, what did I think about the football last night? I won't comment. I won't comment. Uh, I was pretty happy, but that's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the other one is just... Um, uh, how do I feel? How do I feel? And it's been really weird. Like people have been asking me this all week. How do I feel? And uh, I've been trying to think. How do I feel? I don't know how I feel. Um, but I, in reflecting, all I can say is I just feel um, incredibly grateful, incredibly grateful, and incredibly thankful, and incredibly humbled. Um, uh, it's been just an honour and a privilege to serve as senior pastor of this church. It's just been an absolute honour and privilege. When I had my very first uh, my interview here for the, for the position, um, I got asked normal questions and I thought I was going quite okay in the interview. And then I, I got stumped with a, a question by a former elder, uh, Phil Brown, uh, who was going to be here today but sadly couldn't. And um, he said, "Just why don't you just tell us about Jesus? I'm like, what do you mean? Just tell us about Jesus. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to say? Like born in Bethlehem, Jewish, like wearing sandals. Um, I didn't say that. That wouldn't have been a good answer. I can't remember what I said, but in reflection, the privilege for me has been that for nine and a half years or nine and three quarter, I've had the privilege and honour of talking to you about Jesus and telling you about Jesus. And there's, there's nothing more special than to have the opportunity week in, week out to tell you about Jesus and to lead a church that's encouraging leaders and raising them up to do the same. My first memories when I started at what at Allgate Baptist before Verdun existed, um, I remember coming in, I think the very first week, Colin Rolfs, the then pastor, uh, he had these boxes just outside the church office and I said, what's that? And he said, uh, some of you, not many of you were here 10 years ago, but he said, oh, it's, um, it's compost. I'm making compost. I'm like, okay, what, what for? He said, oh, it's for a sermon. And, um, and then that Sunday we had a service where everyone got to stand up and share um, an open sharing time about how compost related to the gospel. And so it was a bit of a different church, I thought. Um, it was a church where there was art on the walls. That was different for me. Like art, we had artists in the church, really talented artists. Um, we had different services. We had art services and prayer services 10 years ago. You'd rock up at church on a Sunday and people would be bringing their produce, their fruit as giveaways. And uh, I remember also visiting the youth group 
a few months in and it was a night when I'm driving up the freeway and it was three degrees by the time I got up there and I thought, my goodness, everyone's going to be like inside and doors closed and heaters on and I discovered everyone's walking around outside wearing shorts. (laughs) And I thought, these these hills people are a bit different, I reckon. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, and then the, uh, the chair of the board or the council stood up to do his presentation, not wearing any shoes, <laughs> still not wearing shoes, and I thought, these hills people are different. But uh, there's been a lot of things that I've actually learnt through the church. People think about how I've done a lot of teaching. I've also done a lot of learning over 10 years. I'm really thankful for that. I've learnt from um, this church about how a church can love one another really well. And uh, I've learned from this church about um, maybe a fresh new way of just loving the Lord. I just think the people in the church love the Lord and they've really encouraged me in that. And also just about living out faith in really meaningful, genuine ways. And of course, people did that at previous churches I was, I was part of, but in very significant ways, the church has taught me and encouraged me in that way. So I'm just... Grateful and humbled to be standing here today. And um, from day one, we've been accepted by this church, from day one. And it was an acceptance that came to us as a, ch- as a family that was so palpably not based on us having to be someone or do something or achieve something or hit some standard or target or be like a previous pastor or anything. It was just... We came in and it was like, you're accepted. You're part of our family. We love you. We're going we're gonna to look after you. We're going to look out for you. We're going to care for you. And that's what the church has done for us from day one. And that means so much. Not to have a sense of you've got to be something, you've got to do something, you've got to achieve something, just that we're accepted. And that's how we need to continue to treat every person that walks into our church. So 10 years ago, almost, I think it was October uh, 10 years ago, we drove up to the hills to a night service. That was the first service. And they got me to do a trial preach to test my uh, preaching goods. And, um, and then two weeks after that, we preached in the morning service, or I preached in the morning service. But I remember on those services, like standing, standing at the front and you look out across a room full of people and you're preaching and they're, they're sort of assessing you. And... I didn't know a soul. I did not know one person at Hills Baptist Church or Gate Baptist Church when I started. Didn't know a single person that went to the church. And so the blessing for me now is to look out and see all these faces and know your names and know you and to have journeyed with you guys and to have, um, have uh, prayed with many of you, like put my, put my hand on your shoulder and prayed for you. Or for some of you, I've stood like, I've had that privilege of standing at the front of a church when, when a young couple are getting married over and over again. Or being down in the pool with people as they're getting baptised. Or sitting alongside someone when they're in hospital. And so those things are what make ministry so special. The privilege of being part of your life and to know your stories, and to know your names, and to laugh with you, and to cry with you, and to stir you about the football, that's all really special to me. So 
let me just do a couple of thank yous. I'm going to preach really briefly at the, at the end. But, um, so I'm thankful for five things here. Firstly, the way the church loved and accepted me, allowed us to be ourselves, placed no expectations on us. I'm so thankful for that. Secondly, I'm thankful for the way the church and the leaders trusted in my leadership. Uh, when I came here, I was a relatively young pastor. And I remember uh, at one early service, someone coming up to me and saying, oh, are you the youth pastor? And I was like a little bit offended. I'm like, no, I'm the senior pastor. And he was like, oh, you seem a bit young. And now no one ever thinks I'm a youth pastor. I just wish someone had come up and assumed that. But they don't. Um, but from the start, the church trusted in my leadership and they gave me space to lead and they were willing to take risks. And we took a, a pretty big risk when we had about a quarter of our morning congregation walk out one Sunday six years ago to start a new church plant that was meeting in Littlehampton. Like really great people just like a lot of them walked out, you know, people who are on rosters and serve and give and do all of that. And they, they all walked out in one hit, which with my blessing. And, uh, and the church has, you know, backed in my leadership and, and we've worked together and that's been a real blessing. I am thankful for the amazing people who I have served alongside in ministry and mission. From the staff team, um, I want to thank, I'm not sure where she is, Anne Winter, where are you? There she is, wearing her COVID vest. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> Anne's been an incredible support and, and just a great partnership in ministry, working together, and I'm um, so thankful for that. Um, and to, to Dave, Dave came on board. I remember Dave walking around. We went for a coffee, but the coffee shop was closing. So we walked around the streets of Highgate and I'd got whiff of this idea that you were about to take a ministry position. And so I called you up and said, we need to talk. And I, we walked around the block and I remember saying, you know, just sowing a seed, can you imagine what it would be like to lead a church plant? And I could see you in that role and how you've thrived in that. So thank you. And... Um, for Nick and for Lauren, for, for the whole staff, just working with the staff team has been such a blessing. Again, the, el the elders over many years, so many elders meetings, so many Thursday nights, um, it's been uh, mostly a blessing to go to elders meetings. It's largely a blessing, um, but uh, some late nights as well. But uh, really great elders team and now the board. And, and just in the last few months, the board's fairly new under our new governance structure. The board has come into their own they have been meeting every single Monday night since I announced my resignation, plus our normal board meetings, plus additional meetings. They've been doing a power of work. Thank you to the board and well done. But beyond that, as a pastor, I finish on a Sunday and, and uh, very often I get people thanking me for my sermons and etc. But the church actually runs off of people who are here early, who are who are in the band, who are on the desk, who are welcoming, who set up chairs, who are preparing for kids' ministry, who do stuff through the week. And so for every volunteer who serves and has served in this church, I am so thankful for every single one of you. This is a team, this is partnership, and we've served and done it together. Thank you and well done.
Lastly, um, I'm thankful for um, what God, I'm thankful to God for everything He has done in this church. Sometimes I feel like, you know, people will say, you're doing a good job at Hills or, gee, Hills is thriving and growing and whatever, and, and it's great. All the, all the credit, all the glory goes to God. This has been a work of God that has been so far beyond and exceeded my dreams and expectations and hope. Every staff meeting, we share good news stories. We say, what, have people, what can people share about what's been happening in the last, last month across this church? Every month, we share stories about people who have come to Christ, people who have come back to the church having not been at church for ages, people who have been healed physically, emotionally, or spiritually, and just amazing stories about people growing in their faith. And all of that is to the glory and to the praise of God. I, um, I'm, just, I'm passionate about the local church. The local church in our world is much maligned. It's considered to be something of little value or significance or importance in our culture in Australia today. But I am passionate about the local church. I've, I echo Bill Heibel, sadly, you know, I won't get into that, but the local church is the hope of the world. I believe that because the local church is the only organisation, it is the only body entrusted with this message of the gospel, which is the message that will bring hope and transformation and salvation for those who turn to Jesus and get saved. And churches need to keep doing what we do because the local church is the hope of the world because it's through the church that the message of the gospel goes out. So don't lose your love for the church despite all its flaws, despite all its limitations, despite all its quirks. The church has been entrusted with something and we've got to keep being faithful to it. So I thought, in fact, someone suggested to me in terms of when I open up scriptures this morning, they said, why don't you open up and preach the same passage that you preached the very first sermon that you preached at the church, the very first sermon when you were a pastor. So I thought, that's a good idea. I thought, what would the chances be that I could open up the Scripture and, and, and look back, and I found the first sermon I preached as a pastor, and I could preach a message that would capture everything that I want to say to the church this morning. And so this morning, I get to do that. So why don't you open up your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 14. And I'd like to preach about the regulations for defiling skin conditions. <laughs> no, just joking. Um, yeah, it's good, yeah. There is a word there. But uh, Ephesians chapter 1, 15 to 23, I was actually blown away because indeed the very message that I preached as my first message is exactly what I want to say and pray over this church in my final message. The Apostle Paul writes to the Ephesian, the Ephesian church, and I can say this to Hills Baptist, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance 
in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Amen. Amen. I could leave it there. I won't, but because uh, I'm a preacher. Um, Paul prays. Three things, three things that I shared in my first message are the three things I'll share in my final message. And the first is simply this, that God, that the Father desires and wants you to know Him more. And no matter how long you have been a follower of Jesus, whether that's a matter of a couple of months, a couple of years or decades, The glory of the gospel, the the wonder of faith is no matter how deep you have gone in knowing God, you can know Him more because the depths of knowing God can never be plumbed to their fullness. And I think about this week, I was thinking about guys who go opal mining or gold mining. I was thinking about opal mining for some reason. And then these people buy a lease and they they get opal fever and they start digging And they just keep digging and digging and digging. And then they find a bit of gold or a bit of, they find an opal. And they keep digging and digging and digging and they find some more. And every time they keep digging, they find something more precious. And eventually they they might find a whole seam where they find this seam of opal and they they have discovered something so incredibly precious. And they get this fever that comes over them that they just want to keep digging and they want to keep finding more because what they're finding is so precious that their whole life begins to revolve around it. And that is what it should be for us in terms of knowing God. That what we can discover in knowing God, Father, Son and Spirit is so precious is so valuable that it should spur us on to just keep digging and keep searching and keep wanting to know God more. And that's Paul's prayer. Second thing is that he prays that that we would know, that they would know the hope to which he has called us, the hope. And this is a call to look beyond towards future and to lift your eyes up, to look beyond present circumstances and to not not get caught in living simply for the here and now and for the mundane or letting your life be shaped by either the successes or the failures or the challenges or the blessings of this life or the great things in life or the struggles and the problems in this world, but to not let that thing, those things define your life, but to let the hope of the gospel be the thing that you hold on to. Hope which is like an anchor for the soul which holds us firm and secure. Never, ever, ever lose hope because we have eternal hope through Jesus and that hope is secure. And finally, Paul prays that the Ephesian church would know God's incomparably great power for us 
who believe. I said this earlier, and I'll say it again, that what God has done in this church in the lives of people goes so far beyond my, my skills or leadership or the leadership of a staff team or an elders or a board or those who preach or whatever. It is not, it is not those things that have led to change in people's lives. It is the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so may we know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is actually, it says in this passage, the same as the power that raised Christ from the dead. That power is available to us. How foolish we would be to simply move forward as a church in our own strength. What a waste that would be. So my prayer that I started with is the prayer that I finished with. That you would know God more. That you would know the hope to which he has called us. And that you would know the power of the resurrection in your daily life. In that sermon, I finished with a couple of things. I finished with the words of Hudson Taylor, who was a great missionary who left England at the age of 21 years of age to go and be a missionary in China in the 1800s, which was just crazy. He spent 50 years there. He had a motto that I've kind of adopted for my ministry and for most of my ministry, it's sat pinned, written above my desk, which I see every day. His motto was, expect great things from God attempt great things for God. Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. What a thing to pray over your life, over your family, over your spouse, over your children, over your friends, over your church, that they and that you would know God more that they and that you would know the hope to which He has called us, that they and you would know the power of God, resurrection power in your daily life. I finished my first sermon at what was Allgate Baptist, at Hills Baptist. I finished with a question. I was sowing a seed about possibility. And the question was this, How could God's power be released in this church if we began to really pray and really believe that God can do great things, not just overseas somewhere, not just somewhere else, but right here in this church and in our lives. So I'm going to finish by speaking that over this church for its future which, by the way, I have great confidence in because I have great confidence in God. How could God's power be released in this church if we continue to really pray and really believe in faith that God can do great things, not just somewhere else, not just in some other place, but right here in this church, in this community, in the Adelaide Hills, in our lives. What could be released? So keep praying, keep seeking, keep believing, keep hoping.
And that's pretty much it for me. (laughs) So let me finish by praying. As you do this, I'll finish with these words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from Hills Baptist Church. To find out more or to hear other great content, find us at hillsbaptist.com or on your podcast app.